0: Good morning, and welcome to another in our series of mini shiurim on the book of Yehoshua, likely our concluding mini uh, shiur on the book of Yehoshua. Yeshika'aach to all those who have managed to learn with us up to this shiur, which is shiur number 109. Maybe I should extend it to 110 because Yehoshua lives to be 110. No, we're going to do that. We're going to stop with that one, and then, God willing, on Sunday, we will start megillus Esther. Um, we're learning as always in the merit of the IDF, Israel's emergency services, the hostages and the injured. Um, one particular name I received this morning for a chayal who was injured very badly in aza um, Oz Moshe Ben Tamar. So we're on Yehoshua's last speech that he makes to the Jews. And yesterday we saw at the end of this speech that he identifies a stone as a monument, we talked about where he places the stone, and then he says the following: Chapter twenty-four, sentence twenty-seven. Er Yehoshua, el kol ha'am. Yehoshua says to the entire nation, Hine hazos tihye banu "This stone will be a testament for us. Kol imrei diber imanu. This stone heard all of Hashem's statements to us. What do you mean the stone heard? So." Reminiscent of Moshe, I call the heavens and earth as witnesses for your today. So the uh, this stone has been present for everything. It will be testament for you. Lest you renege against God. And it's really striking. Those are Yoshua's last words to the Jews. Lest you renege against God. Um, it's remarkable that those would be his last words. (laughs) Like, it's not really the the way you, you know, it's not really going out on a high note, Um, but it's also prophetic because we know exactly where things are going, Um, you know, in uh, in the book of Shoftim. Um, This idea that the stone heard everything um, means it's meant to be read as a, you know, this kind of a cold, impartial uh, witness. It's not like when we talk about calling heavens and earth as witnesses, as Moshe does, where the Sifri comments that those are active. Um, they are agents of our punishment. They are agents of our reward. They are partners in our mitzvot. Uh, they are role models in their service of Hashem. You know, the stone is this is just there. It's simply present. It doesn't have an active role. Pesach Ches, sentence twenty-eight. Yehoshua, es ish Yehoshua sent to the Jews back to their portions. The word vayishalach is a very interesting word um, because it's a word that's different from vayishlach in its grammatical form. is then he sent. Vayishalach is he sent with force, like when Noach sends the raven. The raven doesn't want to go out of the boat. Doesn't want to go look for dry land. And uh, and Noach sends it, Vayishalach, Ez HaOrev. Moshe sends Yisro back home, Vayishalach. There's a sense of being sent on a mission. So here he sends them on a mission to their portions. Hey, develop the land. This is your job. This is why we're here. So Vayishalach, Yoshua sends them home with force. And then we get to the epilogue of the book. Pasuk Haftah, sentence 29. After these things. Yehoshua, the Eved Hashem passes away. He's 110 years old. This is very dramatic, at least for me, after all of these uh, mini shiurim to, to see the end that Yehoshua comes to. Um, it's dramatic on a few levels. First, just you know, to, to ask the, the clerical question. Um, who, who wrote this? Who wrote that Yehoshua died? So the Gemara Bava Abbasra, Aleph, says that Elazar writes this part. Elazar concludes the book. Elazar meaning the son of Aharon, the Kohen Gadol, to which they then ask, but we're about to read that Elazar died. So they say, yeah, Ben Pinchas concludes it because Pinchas we know survives this book because we see Pinchas in the book of Shoftim. So Pinchas will have to be the one to continue after um, after Eliezer dies. That's number one. But number two, Joshua is titled Eved Hashem. He earned the title, right? Joshua has earned the title of being Eved Hashem. No longer is Joshua simply Meshareis Moshe. He's no longer just Moshe's servant. Now Yehoshua is himself the uh, the Eved Hashem. He gets it at the end. If you were to look back in Devarim chapter thirty-four, the death of Moshe, chapter thirty-four, sentence five, it says Vayamas Hashem Moshe Eved Hashem. Moshe, the Eved Hashem, died there. Now Yehoshua, at his death, has the title as well of uh, of Eved Hashem. No longer. Moshe's servant, the way he was identified in the uh, in the beginning of the book, where it said Moshe, eved Hashem. It was after Moshe, the servant of God, died. Hashem spoke to Yehoshua ben Nun, Moshe. The um, he spoke to Yahushua who was the servant of Moshe. Now, Yehoshua has finally fulfilled his mission. He is an eved Hashem. It's a it's a really remarkable moment. He is 110 years old. We talked about the 110. Already earlier, 110 and not 120. they uh, that was uh, that was an earlier discussion um, that we had about this and whether Yoshua is punished for delaying the conquest of uh, of the land. Okay, so what happens next? He has to be buried. They buried him in his portion, in Timnat Serach, which is on Mount. Ephraim. Remember that we had this question the first time it was mentioned. Uh, what is Timnat Serach? In Shoftim, it's going to be called Timnat Cheres. The simple answer we gave of David Altshuler and Zion consonants get switched, keves and kesev switch, in the chomish they both mean a lamb. Um, this is a society in which much is not communicated in written form, so keves, kesev, Cheres, Cheres, Arach don't get hung up on it. The Gemara Mbav Basra, Kufchaf Bez, Amad Aleph, Ahmed Bez, says that it's a play on the type of fruit that was there, showing that Yahushua improved the place. Remember that in chapter 19, sentence 50, it said Yahushua built up this place. So the Rashbam says, uh, and the Rashbam explains the Gemara there that either the produce was originally dry like cheres, and then it became rich, like serach, masriach, it was flowing with juice, or alternatively, before Yehoshua's time, it went bad quickly. Serach, masriach, and deteriorated, and now it was like cheres, it dried and they could preserve it. Either way, the produce improved. I'm rushing through this because we saw this already at the end of chapter 19. And then Rashi had that, that big line, um, which actually is here, uh, not back in chapter 19. Rashi makes the comment here that the Jews put the sun, an image of the sun, on Yahushua's headstone. sun is called Cheres in, uh, in Sefer Eov. They put it on his headstone because he stopped the sun. So it's Timnat, Cheres, Timuna of Cheres, uh, of the sun. Of course, we're not supposed to put... Uh, we're not supposed to create images of celestial entities, so presumably they took care of that. Fine, but that's what they do—they bury him in Timnat Serach, mitzaphon lahar Gosh, north of Hargosh. Now, the Gemara in Shabbos says, "I don't know what a Hargosh is." They—that's um, not what, what. What is Hargosh? We don't have a place called Hargosh um, elsewhere in Tanach. Um, we do have. Um, Sorry, we do have Nachle Gash in a couple of places, but the term Gash is a term for eruption. The, uh, and the Gemara says that the mountain wanted to erupt over the Jews, they, um, because they didn't eulogize Yahushua properly, right? Look at Moshe and Aharon, there's a 30-day grieving period that is not uh, that is not mentioned here, and so it is suggested in this Gemara that, that's the, um, that, that Hashem is upset they did not give Yahushua the kavod that he deserved, and that's going to continue in the next sentence. Vaya avod as Hashem kol Yahushua. The Jews served Hashem all through Yehoshua's life, all 28 years that he, was, that he was in charge when they entered Israel. As well as the days of those elders from Yehoshua's time, who extended after he died. Who knew... All of the deeds Hashem performed for Israel. Remember, we said it's going to be very hard for them to communicate these lessons to those who never saw the miracles. But as long as they're alive, they're able to uh, to keep people in line. The um, so the 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 fact that the pasuk says they yamim. Says Rashi, hevichu not shanim. They extended their days after him, not their years. Also, punishment for not eulogizing Yehoshua properly. So Yehoshua has passed away. It doesn't say they cried. It doesn't say thirty days. It simply says he passed away, and he was buried. And then we get a surprise. Look at this reference. Pasuk Lamed The bones of Yosef, which the Jews took out of Egypt, They buried them in Shechem, in the field that Yaakov bought from the sons of Chamor, the father of, meaning the people of Chamor, the father of Shechem. For 100 ksita, a story which we saw back in Bereshus. What in the world is this doing here? The burial of Yosef, did they wait 28 years to bury Yosef? They said, Yeshua died, I guess we should take care of burying Yosef too. And this land went to the sons of Yosef as a portion. What, what in the world is going on uh, here? And why are you burying him in Shem anyway? What What's about Shem? So Shem is in Ephraim's portion, but I think more dramatically, um, it's the land that he was stolen from. He went looking for his brothers in Shechem. Then they were in Dosan, but he went looking for them in Shechem. So now we have concluded the Ark for Yosef as he is buried in Shechem. But why are you mentioning this here? What, what is this doing here? You can't tell me they waited 28 years to bury Yosef. The, um, that, that just doesn't fit. So one answer would be it's a call back to the Avos. Right? It's a callback to where we started from and our entry into the land in the first place. That's one possibility. Another possibility, Yosef's love for Eretz Yisrael is being highlighted here. That's discussed. We talked about that with the daughters of Tzlavchad. Yosef has this great love for Israel. He says, I want to be brought back there. So maybe that's what it's about. Um, maybe it's a warning to the Jews about the dangers of strife among them. The, uh, the brothers, you know, are g- fought with each other and, and create, you know, the sale of Yosef and everything that came from there. So it's a warning to them by, you know, by putting this, uh, putting this here. Another possibility from Ralbag is that it's meant to teach the value of burial in a family plot. The uh, Yoshua and uh, and we're going to see a as well in the next sentence. Um, are buried with their families, and you have to leave a name, so maybe Rabag says it's teaching the value of burial with one's ancestors. Last point though, remember we've talked about how Jewish history plays into Yehoshua's speech. We talked about it in terms of Hashem's chesed, Hashem's Hashem's activity in history, manipulating things, but also here you see the long hand of just reward. The uh, Yosef was stolen from here, now he is back home, as he deserves, and it's brought into this last chapter in Yehoshua, and this was for Bnei Yosef as a portion. Interestingly, it says vayihyu, and they were a portion. What does that mean? They were the field would be would be singular. So Professor Keil in the Da Mikra says that it still means the field, um, but Radak says it means the bones that they buried were the portion of. Bnei Yosef. Last pasuk. Veelazar ben Aaron mays. Elazar, son of Aaron, died. Vaikbru oso as Pinchas beno. They buried him on the hill of his son Pinchas, Asher nitanlo Ephraim, which was given to him on Har Ephraim. Medrash asks a prosaic question: How does Pinchas get a share there on Har Ephraim? The, um, it w- was not a Lazarus portion because the text says explicitly it's identified with Pinchas. How did Pinchas receive this? Pinchas being a Kohen, what, what is he doing on HaRafrayim? So two different passages of Gemara use this to teach two different laws of inheritance. So the uh, those who want a little more Gemara and Arshiorim, here you go. Bavabasra Kuf Aleph Amud Beis 111b says that Pinchas married somebody and I don't believe we know uh, the name of his wife, but she passed away, and he inherited it from her. It came from uh, it came from her family. That's one explanation. Second approach, also bavabasto kufiyud Gimel, Amad aleph one thirteen a suggests that it was actually from Elazar. The uh, that Elazar had married a woman, and she passed away, and she'd passed away before those who would have bequeathed it to her. And therefore, Pinchas ended up, uh, ended up inheriting it. So that's another uh, another option. Either way, that's where Eliezer is buried. Now, there's a lot to be said here. We could do a lot summarizing the book, but it's already almost 15 minutes. Uh, but I did want to note the lack of a succession plan here. I'm going to go a little bit over to fit this in today. Um, there's no succession plan, right? There's nothing here. Like, uh, now what? So I think maybe that's part of the statement about the lack of a proper eulogy. They didn't appreciate the importance and need for centralized political authority, or because the goal for the Jews is a direct relationship with Hashem. Remember that the models of leadership presented in the Torah and Pasha Shoftim, the Kohen, the Navi, the Melech, the Shofet, those are all presented as sort of after the fact, you know, you need a Kohen because at Harsinai, you were not able to communicate directly to, I'm sorry, that's a Navi. You need a Kohen because the B'chorim, the firstborn, participated in the Egel. You need a Navi because at Harsinai, you said you couldn't hear directly from Hashem. You, you know, if you want a king, then fine, create for yourself a king, is the way the Torah presents it. Um, the Shofet, the judge, well, you're going to have fights, so you need a judge. It's all Bidi Evid. So what we're saying is we don't really want that. The problem is Sefer Shoftim is going to show that the system really doesn't work. They need they need a powerful leader, someone with a relationship with Hashem, the um, who's going to lead them in the right direction. Okay. Last note. Um, Gemara in Sota. Picks up on this burial of Yosef, where it says here, the, um, if you look back at the language in the next to last pasuk, it says the bones of Yosef that Bnei Yisrael took out of Egypt, they buried in Shrem. So the Gemara in Sota says, what do you mean Bnei Yisrael took? Moshe took the bones of Yosef. The Jews didn't take him out of uh, out of Egypt. So the Gemara says, if a person does something without completing it, and then somebody else comes along and completes it. The Pasa considers it as though the one who completed it had done the entire job. um, Because you finished it off. They finished it off, they get the credit. So hopefully those who joined in in the middle and uh, were not there for the beginning still get credit for having finished off this this mitzvah and God willing, we'll start Esther on Sunday with Vayihi Bimeach HaShverosh. I have a lot of questions on the beginning of that book. For example, Why is it only in year three that Achashverosh is getting his throne settled and making his big party?